Spiritual bypassing is one of those hot-button topics in online spaces. Yet, like many nuanced things brought up on the internet, its definition is often left vague. For instance, setting limits on what you let into your life is okay, encouraged even. On the flip side, going full-on good vibes only is seen as spiritual bypassing. Resilience is lauded as a sign we're able to manage the change around us, while also being criticized as a buzzword to cover up the seemingly systemic struggles that some people believe we should not be facing. Where do we draw the line on what is okay versus not okay for our own spiritual growth? In this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, we bring on Katie Villias, a fellow misfit entrepreneur, to talk about spiritual bypassing. We go into what spiritual bypassing is and take a critical look at some of the behaviors that are often accused of being signs of spiritual bypassing. We also take a look at how social media has been contributing to this issue, for better or worse. And finally, we talk about another often misunderstood spiritual concept, shadow work. I had a lot of fun geeking out with Katie on these subjects, and I hope that you find this discussion insightful and that it supports your own spiritual explorations. It's time to grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair, and get ready for this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, Inward Bound, Confronting Spiritual Bypassing and Shadow Work, with guest Katie Villias. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look, whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. Welcome back, listeners. Today we have Katie Villias with us to talk about spiritual bypassing. Katie, we're glad to have you on the show today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. All right. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I am a misfit entrepreneur. I have started many businesses, but also intertwined in all of that. I'm spiritual as fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we vibe right off the bat here. So when you say misfit entrepreneur, what do you mean by that? I really love finding ways to carve out my own identity in whatever niche I'm in. And I've realized that a lot of the teachings that I had internalized when I was younger about what it is to be a businesswoman was absolute bullshit. And the more authentic that I am with myself and the people that I serve, the better off all of my businesses are and better off my mental health is. With business stuff, what are you doing currently? I actually just started a cocktail accessory business. So I developed a cocktail smoker kit that's actually all metal. 
and I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. I've also been diving into lost cocktails from the 1800s and trying to resurrect them on social media. I've tried about 100 just this year, and some of them deserve to stay in the 1800s. And some of them, I really, I need them to come back so that eventually I can order them in bars. (laughs) That's what we're seeing a lot, even when it comes to more kitchen style recipes. There's the ones people wish back. And then there's the one with creative uses of gelatin. Yes. There are some absinthe cocktails out there that I'm like, wow, that was adventurous. I'm never going to serve this to anybody. And I know that absinthe is one of those things where sometimes it's an acquired taste and sometimes it's actually that terrible. (laughs) Yep. I tried it. I understand. Exactly. We could easily turn this into a conversation about drinking and alcohol, but we are here today to talk about a also important topic of spiritual bypassing to help our people who may be starting off on this or may have heard a million different versions of this. How would you define spiritual bypassing? Let me start off by saying spirituality as a whole is kind of like spicy psychology. When we think about spiritual bypassing in relation to spicy psychology, what you're doing is you're taking a lot of very, very, very good tools and you're utilizing it to escape yourself, escape reality, escape accountability for your actions and potentially how you move through the world. And that is about as layman as I feel like I can make it right now. And I'm very excited to be diving into this. You've mostly answered my next question already on this one, but I feel that it's important to, if it, even if it's restating it, it's important to drive this message home. Why is spiritual bypassing an issue? There are five fundamental reasons that I can let you know that spiritual bypassing is an issue, and that is a lack of emotional introspection. Overemphasis on positivity. This is where we're going to get a lot of that toxic positivity. Avoidance of worldly responsibilities. So if you think about somebody who is putting all of their faith into the universe and they're really allowing themselves or themselves to believe that the universe has such a grand plan for them that they stop paying their bills. They believe that if they just sit and they wish and they manifest that all good things are going to come to them, they might also find themselves in a situation where they're falling very short of their actual responsibilities in life, which can lead to a detriment in this reality that has real-world consequences. And then there's also the lack of empathy. And this would be that friend that potentially you go to and you're like, I am having a very hard time in life. And they're like, well, you're just stuck in the matrix. That's not what we want to hear when we're going through the worst breakup of our lives or our dog just died. Mm -hmm. And then ignoring unresolved issues. Those are going to be the main points that I think that when we talk about spiritual bypassing, those are the ones that bubble up to the surface the fastest. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that have the most long-term consequences on not just our spiritual practice as we grow, but also our mental health as a whole. Thanks for sharing that, Katie. Some questions came to mind because all of these topics, unfortunately or fortunately, are very nuanced. 
one of the things you brought up was the issue of toxic positivity. Now, we see the people who are good vibes only or they try to avoid negative media or anything else or heck the secret, the author brag that they don't even watch the news there because of whatnot. And then you have the flip side. You have on this psychology or spicy psychology, the whole topic of resilience, Mm -hmm. of managing through the worst of things. And I feel that sometimes resilience gets lumped into the toxic positivity label. How would you differentiate resilience from spiritual bypassing? I think that resilience actually comes from a very, very, very deep level of understanding and acceptance. And that is one of the biggest differences. When you can accept that something has happened and you can move yourself through trauma, you can go through that darkness and you can come out on the lighter side. That is where a lot of our resilience comes from. There's a big difference between somebody who sees the silver lining versus somebody who's completely avoiding the issue. I think when we're talking about spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity, we're talking about people who they don't even want to talk about anything negative. They don't want to address any spectrum of emotions. They don't want to address the idea that anger is still a positive emotion that distress is still something that we need to work through, that emotions are actually something that is letting us know that there is something that is wrong and it needs to be addressed. When we're talking about resilience, I think those people that are more on that spectrum understand that when they're feeling uncomfortable, they can either utilize tools that they've utilized properly in the past, or they may even seek therapy They're not necessarily somebody that's just going to immediately revert to everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. Good vibes only. And I think that's where we see some of that difference. It's important to have that distinction there. I know some people who've gotten very jaded with the positive culture society, as it were, will hear the word resilience and lump it in, which is why I feel it's important for us to define that difference. I agree. So there's also another thing that came up as you went through your initial explanation, and that is the issue of responsibility. One thing I've noticed, again, if we go into the positive vibes culture, is a lot of it is putting onus on the self and saying you have being self-reliant manifest for yourself and staying away from politics would you say that's also a sign of spiritual bypassing by like putting the blinders on to the suffering in the world or you feel that's a different issue in and of itself i do think that there are aspects where spiritual bypassing can be lumped in with that i think there's a lot of people out there who when they first start to go through a spiritual awakening, they start their spiritual journey. One of the first things that they try to do is actually putting on blinders so that they can focus on themselves. What they forget to do is to take those blinders off so that they can reconnect with the world around them with a new narrative, a new fresh perspective, and new tools to help them actually navigate through it. Ultimately, what I believe with spirituality is that it's teaching you an element of leadership. If you can lead yourself, if you can become 
so self-aware that you have a higher level of discernment, then you can bring that into the world and then start to help guide people through tumultuous periods or periods where they actually ask for your help. But being a person who can see both sides, this reality and whatever ethereal reality you are creating for yourself, it's a fine line where you have to take off those blinders so that you can live in both. That is an important distinction as well. I've seen, especially in a lot of the media that's out there, this separation component of developing spirituality, but not that reintegration component. And I feel like that's an important aspect of spiritual development is going back and being like, all right, here's my beliefs. Here's the world around me. How do I reconcile them? (laughs) Yes. And I think that's why we end up seeing such a large echo chamber on social media is because people are bottled up in their homes with their perfectly curated algorithms. When they're sharing their spiritual perspectives, they're hearing the same thing back versus allowing themselves to be in situations that could actually expand their awareness and expand their practice and expand their understanding by being out in the real world and interacting with real people and becoming more of a leader in their community, not just on social media. Precisely. When it comes to spiritual bypassing, there's another term that comes up often, almost the point where it's become a commercialized buzzword, and that is shadow work. Yes. How would you define shadow work? So going back into the spicy psychology, if we start to look at what Carl Jung perceived as shadow work, that is understanding your shadow self, that internal narrative, the trauma that has shaped the way that our ego moves us through life, the way that our ego and that shadow has actually changed our perception of reality and how we react to our reality based on that shadow self. When we're thinking about shadow work, what I think people are forgetting is it's not just about journaling. It's not just sitting there and being like, well, I had this thought today and I don't want to think that thought anymore because that's a negative thought. Shadow work is more about starting to really understand yourself and your trauma, understanding those internal narratives that are playing in the back of your mind. Those traumas, those perceptions of yourself, and finding a way to bring awareness, but also acceptance of those parts. And that's where the integration of the shadow really comes in, is accepting that, for one, you're a human being, and you're kind of a messy one, because all of us are messy human beings, and not being judgmental about that. This is another thing where we can get stuck in our echo chamber. Because if we're constantly like, well, I'm doing my shadow work, I'm journaling, I'm doing full moon ceremonies, I'm doing new moon ceremonies, I'm doing the work. What they're also forgetting is that there's nuanced layers to everything. It's not just the journaling. It's also once you identify these narratives, once you identify what is really holding you back, you also need to talk it out and you need some help. And that can be through therapy. That can be through counseling. And then moving into how do you express that? How do you express this shadow self without just repressing it or believing that it's a negative aspect of yourself? That's where art and play and dance and any way to integrate and pull it out of your system and into the world can actually help you. Eventually, we usually get to a point where our meditations are deeper. 
our understanding of ourselves is deeper. And this is where we also start to lose a lot more of our ego. That's why I believe that a lot of people who are more prone to spiritual bypassing might also be more prone to spiritual narcissism or egotism. When you're really doing the shadow work, what you're doing is you're humbling yourself and you're allowing yourself to move in a very authentic way because you're not trying to hide from yourself anymore. That's a majority of what spiritual bypassing is. You're not hiding from anything but the one thing that you can't get away from, and that's yourself. That actually reminds me of, I believe it was Empire Strikes Back. It was one of the Star Wars movies where Yoda has Luke go into, I think it was the cave that's the biggest fear of your worst enemies in there. And he thinks he's fighting Darth Vader. And then he does the cutting off the head and out of the helmet is Luke's face. It's like realizing that you're your worst enemy. Yes. Wow. I need to rewatch Star Wars. <laughs> There's so much wisdom and shadow work and ego work going on in there. I've recommended to anyone who wants like a non-woo example of here's actual shadow work and process with a teacher. Yes. See, this is why we all need somebody to help guide us through this. (laughs) Exactly. So earlier when you talked about spiritual bypassing, one of the things that you brought up were people having issues when it comes to ego on there. Is there anything else that someone may be trying to run away from that may prompt them to unconsciously or consciously fall into that spiritual bypassing trap? Yes. I believe that a lot of it really is rooted in trauma and a lack of personal awareness. You can't find a single person on this planet who hasn't experienced some level of trauma or dissatisfaction in who they are. So when we're spiritually bypassing, we can be tricking our brains into believing that we are doing the work, that we are really on a positive mission and track towards bettering ourselves and working past this trauma and hopefully eventually getting so much distance between us and the trauma that we just forget about it entirely. But it doesn't work that way. You can't keep burying aspects of yourself under something that is fluffy without also having harmful repercussions in the future, like potentially spiritual psychosis, potentially spiritual narcissism or egotism. And really what we need to be understanding is that in order to have a solid foundation of your spiritual practice, You have to be willing to work on the foundation of yourself. You have to be willing to go into certain wounds and find the light on the other side of that dark tunnel. You have to be willing to allow yourself to be more human. We are so caught up in being this idea of whatever perfection, whatever enlightenment. But in all spiritual practices, You're going to find the same thing. How do you become the best human? How do you become closer with the interconnectedness of our universe and our nature and other humans? You can't do that by constantly believing that you're just a starseed, that you are just a ball of energy, or that this is just a simulation. You can't keep running from that. 
because at the end of the day, you're still a beautiful human who has a lot of stories and a lot of trauma that you can actually share and help heal others. <laughs> I know, deep stuff here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty deep on it. When you look at all the complexity and all the nuance, what is the path forward in all of this? If someone wants to genuinely work on themselves and avoid the temptation to bypass because it is a temptation to avoid pain. It's, it's avoiding the yuck. What advice would you have for someone who wants to start on that path? Let's break it up into four points. I feel like four points is good. First, make sure that you have a support network. Friends that accept you. And if there's nobody in your support network, then find somebody. Find counselors that you resonate with. Find therapists that you resonate with. Find group communities who may be like-minded, but also an expansion to actually be able to grow. Don't start a cult and don't join a cult because I feel like when we're trauma-bound to ourselves and then we go onto a spiritual path, there can be answers that are presented to us that maybe are not in our best interest. So finding a reliable and safe place to start your journey. Think of spirituality maybe even as something that's akin to personal development. Because in the beginning, you really are faced with a lot of information about yourself and the narratives that you've been running on and how they may differ greatly from the reality that we're actually in, whether that's a spiritual reality or a concrete, tangible reality. Next is going to be checking on your own patterns. What are some of the patterns that you've recognized maybe in some of the other practices that you've experimented with? And why did they maybe become a novelty to you and then fizzle out? Was it something that you weren't fully integrating? Was it something that maybe was the shiny object at the time and just a ton of people around you were doing it, but it wasn't actually interpersonal? Find a practice that really creates an interpersonal journey for you that answers questions that maybe this reality truly can't answer for you. And find a way to integrate that into everything that you do. Find a way to have that be one of the things that shapes your core values in life, the way that you move through life, the way that you respond in life versus reacting to life. And finally, always make sure that the practices that you are most drawn to is not a gated practice. Because that's where some of the spiritual egotism really can start to rear its ugly head, is when all of a sudden we feel entitled to something that maybe is not ours. Find something within your lineage that may be more connected to you. Instead of burning white sage or palo santo, maybe try rosemary or thyme. Look at other herbs that maybe your ancestors, if you're Nordic, may have used. Find things that create a more full vision of yourself or version of yourself versus cherry picking things that you're seeing on social media and just deciding that's the new shiny thing that's going to help you feel better about your existence here. Great wisdom there. And thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. We've gone through quite a bit. This has been a very <laughs> deep conversation and I love it. Is there anything else, Katie, that you would like to share with our audience before we go today? Yeah. 
remember that you're human. Remember that having a range of emotions is one of the beautiful gifts of being human. We are here to experience anger or sacred anger or elation, joy, sorrow. That's part of our journey here, and it's really beautiful. Don't try to run from it because then you're just gaslighting yourself out of having a really, really good time. (laughs) Great piece there. Where can people find you online? So easiest place to find me is probably going to be TikTok. It's Katie underscore V-E-E. And Instagram, Katie V-A-E. And I'm also on threads now too. So I'll be pretty active on threads. I am starting to revamp my Instagram. So if you get there and it looks like a ghost town, don't be worried. We're just going through a facelift. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. All right. That was a great conversation. I appreciate Katie joining us to discuss these important topics. Let's recap. I know spicy psychology may seem like a silly term, but given the connection between the mental and the spiritual, I see how delving into spiritual topics can sometimes be seen through that lens of psychology. Spiritual bypassing itself can be seen as using the tools at our disposal to escape from the truth about ourselves, our reality, and the accountability for our actions or inactions. We attribute this to attitudes like good vibes only, or those who limit their exposure to things that are emotionally difficult to process, especially when it comes to news around world events. While limiting what you expose yourself to in the outside world can be an important part of one's spiritual development, allowing you to focus more on yourself, it becomes an issue when you forget to reintegrate yourself into the world. It's like the hero's journey where the hero forgets to return home. You need to come back with your new knowledge and see the world around you in a different light and take action based on that newfound insight. We also delved into the nuanced topic of shadow work. It's about really starting to understand yourself, your trauma, your inner narratives, and all those things you've tried to ignore. By delving into those parts of ourselves and bringing them out of hiding, we're able to better accept ourselves as messy, complicated humans. I hope that the discussion was as insightful for you as it was for me. Now, let's pivot to what's coming up in the next few weeks, which is going to be all about energy work that supports the mind, body, and spirit, specifically the modality of Reiki. On Sunday, October 1st, we are bringing on Debbie Barr, a Reiki master in Northern Ireland, to share how Reiki changed her life. We also discuss the history of Reiki and its modern practices in the Western world. On Sunday, October 8th, we're bringing on Rai Rajeshwari, a Reiki master in Singapore, to share her own spiritual journey and how she integrates Reiki into her life. With that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays. And remember, Having a full range of emotions is one of the beautiful parts of being human. These emotions, whether it's joy, sadness, or anger, are sacred and a part of us. These emotions have a reason to come forth, and part of our journey is learning to accept and work with those feelings. On that note, have a spiritual AF week. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by the Mystic Geek, that's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? 
You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing. <laughs>